Yes. So today's visit is in Ana Gutierrez's studio. You are originally from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you tell us a little more about yourself? I have been living in Finland uh, almost for 11 years. And I'm a visual and sound artist. And um, I play a lot of music with graphite and with... I use graphite a lot to, to, to make sound and uh, I like to make a lot of noise. 11 years in Finland is quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, but it feels good. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. How did you decide to come here in the first place? Um, intuition. Uh, first, uh, I came for an exchange at the University of Helsinki, but it was quite a long time ago when I was doing my bachelor's degree. And um, I just thought like, okay, France is the typical where people go, like art, art, art people go to study, or back then. And then uh, Germany, I thought like, oh, I maybe, maybe not my thing. And then I had this book, like, with the, with the, with all the universities in the world I could choose for a, for an exchange. And then I was checking like, Finland, like, that's a weird country. I mean, I didn't even know it was a country. That's uh, talking about like, maybe twenty years ago or eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> And then I thought, okay, let's go there. It seems quite far away. It must be very different from from Mexico in the because I'm from the desert. So Definitely. desert like 40, 45 degrees normal, like so I was running away from the from the heat. So then I just came to Finland and I I I did this exchange and for six months. And I felt that I kind of uh, adapted very well to this place and I thought like la years later I thought like hey I should go for a master's degree and I did it and I got in into the Alto University and then here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. although I, I mean in the desert it's very hot during the day but I know it's very cold during the night. Oh uh, yeah, but uh, maybe that's if, if you go to the Sahara Desert but not in Mexico I mean it might be a bit chilly like ah. but not not really cold i mean not not where the city like little cities are yeah it's mostly like the sun is really uh, really there yeah yeah like it's really <laughs> like i had a lot of skin problems with the sun like, oh. so so yeah. this is a blessing here for you yeah yeah exactly i also had a lot of allergies then and, and just recently i'm having here but anyways yeah so intuition told me you should go to finland and here i am so, uh, what were you studying back then in, in Mexico? I did a Bachelor of Arts, so basically... Like a general? Yeah, like general training of arts, you know, like uh, they teach you how to draw and like uh, mm. this kind of... There wasn't any specific uh, like a <clears throat> program, like more, more specified mm, at that point? Well, you could specify it according to your needs and... Um, I did some lithography and etching and photography, but I was mostly drawing. I was also trying paint, painting, and but then I have I don't know. I'm always more comfortable with drawing. That's my mm -hmm. my main medium. So I was doing a bit of everything to try, and then I did a lot of photography back then, but always drawing. Yeah. And um, I was also making music, but not really together with. With, with the drawing. Yeah, yeah. So I would always have like, a, during the weekends, I would play with my friends and we would play concerts and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but I was playing drums, like real drums. I I started as a drummer. Yeah, at some point I discovered that I could make my own instruments, and drums are more like a, now like a, I have these uh, drum machines and synthesizers. Mm. Yeah, but I would love to play real drums again. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. But um, it takes quite a lot of knowledge also to to make your own instruments. Uh, a specific knowledge that's not usually taught in an art school. Mm, uh, well, at, um, in Alto, I, I learned how to do it. Well, I yeah. learned the basics with mm. uh, there was Derek Holzer uh, teaching his uh, famous um, um, I don't know building small circuits and yeah. and then I had this I I knew that there like I, I discovered that there was this circuit that uh, uses a, a graphite to to make sound. So it was basically a pencil that you could have some little circuit and you could like make these sounds like wiki 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 while drawing. And then I told Derek that I would like to do something like that. And then we were building this um, basic uh, circuits that it was also similar to what he's doing. Mm. And I, then I just started learning a bit of about electronics and soldering and components. And I mean, I'm not an expert, but I, I try to do my best. Yeah. Did you know already very early on that you would be an artist later? Or how did that happen? Um, I mean, yeah, basically, um, I started when I was five. I was always like copying these um, cartoon drawings. Like I, I would have like, I don't know, in, in Mexico we have a lot of, uh, um, how do you call it, fast food and like this really, how, how do you, trash food, like, you know, these chips and stuff that, uh, yeah, yeah. so there, there, <laughs> there were these little like uh, plastic toys, like uh, Ah, uh, as, as a like surprise flat, that comes with yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, in the chips or whatever. Oh, we have with those this, too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah with these characters of... Um, and then I, I would just like like them and then start copying them, like, like, like kind of drawing them. And, and back then I had um, my uncle, He's, uh, he, he had a printing um, business and then he gave me this block, like here you have, you can draw here and then you can just like, like, like refine your skills. But before that, I think I started when when I was I had a homework when I was five, and and they they say like okay you have to draw something and bring it to the class next day. Homework when you're five. Well, ah, uh, because I start I started um, elementary school earlier. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, I mean, wow. it's, it's not very surprising. Um, you want to hear the story? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a sister that she's uh, one year and a half younger than I than I am. So my mother couldn't take care of, of both of us and at the same time. So she sent me to to the to kindergarten. And when I was five, it was already time for me to go to elementary school. But um, of course, you sh in, in back then you should be six. So um, mm -hmm. my mother had some friends in the <laughs> in the bureaucracy, and they made an, another birth certificate for me, <laughs> <laughs> saying that I was one year older. Oh, wow. And um, so I, I had I had two birth certificates, and then I I I managed to go to, to school, and to their surprise, I was doing very well, like uh, having like the maximum like good possible grades. So they said, okay, she's she's doing it well, she's ready. So, so there I was, five years old, like, <laughs> with homework, <laughs> yeah, yeah. with this homework of, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, you have to do a little drawing and then bring it. And, and I wanted to draw some trees in a park and I couldn't do it. And a friend of my mother was helping me, like, uh, let's draw this and that. And, 
So basically, she did it for me. And then the next day, I saw that there was this boy, and he came with his super nice drawing, and I'm like, I would like to draw like him. And then I just, I was really so jealous, like, wow, I want to draw like that. And then I just started like drawing and drawing and copying these drawings. And then my uncle gave me this mm. uh, this notebook that I could draw on, and and then I think I. There were some there, there were some efforts from my family like yeah you can take some classes and but the the teacher wouldn't wouldn't go I mean we, I I was in these classes I think it, they were painting lessons yeah. in a museum but the teacher sometimes wasn't going so so we didn't go much forward with these lessons just copying cartoons I learned to draw and then continuing and continuing and then until I. When was it? I think I also had some in, in high school, like, you know, the basic uh, once, once a week um, club, they called it. And you could choose in between sports or dance or art. And I'm like, sports I'm not doing with this son. Like, dance is not my thing, like folkloric dance. Uh -huh. So I went to this um, art club and it was mainly painting, but it was fun. And yeah, so like that and then I really when I really refined my skills was at the university of course because then I really had a good teacher like yeah yeah and you were yeah. studying art there so yeah yeah of course yeah so I would say like uh, this teacher that I had he passed away already some time ago well he, he was amazing he was really supportive and he was not really like an academic person so he was a free spirit in the academic world amazing yeah that's probably a bit rare rare yeah. find yeah yeah and also his 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 look. I mean, he had this uh, uh, white hair and long beard, and like his he was a character. Yeah, we used to hang out in that was in Monterrey. You know, like it's the third biggest city of Mexico, so it's in the north. It's quite in, an industrial city, and uh, yeah, we would like uh, because he was teaching in in the university, and there were a lot of uh, people that would follow him because he was such a free spirit, and. Um, he had a workshop. He was very famous because he, like, at least in Mexico, because he invented some sort of um, lithography process. He's, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's known here, maybe not. It's, he called it oseography because his surname was Osio. <laughs> I don't know. So he had a club, like, yeah, a, I haven't heard about it. I don't know. How, no, so how yeah. is it different from? I'm not sure because I didn't learn that. I was just learning drawing and. And etching, and he was really like like a mentor for me. And uh, yeah, we would like hang out in his studio, like all the artists, like every second Friday. So that was quite cool. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, when you're in university, like there's you don't really know like a lot of people that are really doing arts or like. Uh, basically, that's how I started drawing with yeah. the, with the two birth certificates. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to that. <laughs> and then in Alto, what was the program that? That you, was, that you studied uh, fine arts. Uh, yeah, we 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 had this uh, yeah, this master master degree in fine arts, and it was Te Mumaki, the the head of the program. That was super cool. And when I arrived, and then we were ten. That was an amazing amazing time like we had there because it, I think it was still when Alto was really supportive. They had a lot of funding for arts and they were taking us to Documenta and we were traveling a bit around and we had our own like big studio spaces and 
There you was were still in Arabia back in, then? Yeah, in Arabia and then in Otaniemi. Then in Otaniemi. Like, but in Otaniemi we only had the studios and maybe a few lessons. Mm. Yeah, and of course it was always like um, horrible to do this trip from Arabia to Otaniemi because it takes one hour. It, it, it would take one hour in the bus, like, oh, we are going to Otaniemi. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When I came to Finland, uh, I think we were the first batch of art students to actually live in Otaniemi on the mm. campus. They mm -hmm. let us there with all the engineers. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was still this like, oh, we are like the aliens of Otaniemi yeah. a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then, but the, and, but the, the art house wasn't there anymore, or was it? It was, it was. It was, okay. Yeah, I think because I, I was in the media lab and that was the... I think the first unit to fully move to Otaniemi mm -hmm. and then a little bit after that the art house came there and uh, yeah by the time I graduated they were building the Vare, the mm. new build, new, it's not new anymore but mm. yeah. I've been to the, the art house where you had your studios a few times mm -hmm. and I was so like oh these people are so lucky to have their own <laughs> yeah. spaces yeah yeah because we didn't we didn't have separate spaces it was mm -hmm. all these like big open rooms mm -hmm. yeah but that was when we were 10 and then then these fine arts became Vika this mm -hmm. visual culture and contemporary art and then like all these benefits started like disappearing slowly oh. and then at the end uh, we had to share studios but it was quite at the end and uh, so I graduated, uh, I mean, my paper says bachelor, uh, I mean, not bachelor, master of arts, but I, I had to switch from fine arts to Vika because I, I, I did my studies in four years, not in two. Yeah. And I, I did my, a lot of my, what is it, is it minor area? Or, I don't, I mean, well, my, my, my thing was arts and then like this fine arts and then I, I did some media lab stuff. That's yeah. where I learned yeah, yeah. all that and just uh, experimenting. <laughs> But maybe it came from the from the music that you had done before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This interest yeah. to the sound. Yeah, you know, when I was fifteen, I thought that I would be a musician, but uh, I ended up <laughs> more like a visual artist, sound artist. Yeah. Nowadays, you have performances almost like a musician type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, music and sound I, are the same because for some sound that nobody thinks that it's music. For me, I, I find always the rhythm and the. In noise, I found the rhythm and everything, so I, I just don't make any separation yeah. unless it's really like a sound for a move, like for a film that is very specific and it's not rhythmical or anything. Mm. Do you do commissions for these kind of projects, like a movie or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, yeah, from documentaries or art films, and uh, also for a book. I made it once in the release of a book. They wanted. A track, but actually some of my like side income, mm. and I love it. I think uh, I guess it's because I have this relation of, of um, I don't know. I found the visual part in in sound or the sound in the visual. I don't know how if you can get a bit of. I mean, some people may be connecting that to synesthesia. Or, but it's different, of course. It's yeah, not... it's a bit different. I, at the beginning, I thought like, ah, what if I work with this team? But no, it, it wasn't really what I was doing and it didn't feel right. And I don't know, it's maybe my, my personal connection, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Then in your drawings, you, you draw mostly animals? Yeah. Why? Well, I, <laughs> I was also drawing uh, people in nature. Well, I, 
I would like to also combine more with nature but for the projects that I have in mind now. But uh, I, I don't know, animals are always used as a commodity and like kind of um, we see them like that we're or many people, I don't know, I don't want to say we, but pe some people like see them like we're superior, we eat them, we treat them the way we want, but they are also like independent beings and they have their own life and they don't need us to be like, uh, to have them on a leash or... Mm. So I think it's mostly like I try to give them their own voice. They sometimes behave much nicer than humans. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are... Surely. Like, you know what I mean. I know, I know. <laughs> so I don't know, it's also... They have an inner beauty that I just find it amazing. Like, uh, you can call it like, uh, it's beauty, but it's also something naive or something very like open heart, you know. Yeah, like, some people say pure. Mm, pure, yeah, yeah. 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 And so I, I, I like to draw any kind of animals, even like dead animals, live animals, like whatever. It's an animal that whatever doesn't have a human shape that moves that also. It's mm. also nice. A lot of inspiration I also get from, I used to get from biology books and like uh, this kind of uh, natural sciences. And I would just go to the library in, in, in my hometown and then take some books and like just check the images because I always love this kind of stamps. And I don't know, it's, it's amazing drawings. That was, I, I was also copying those drawings when I was younger. Yeah. That's also good training for drawing. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I remember when I w was studying in my bachelor degree, we had anatomy and mm. it was a mandatory thing to copy from the anatomy book. Mm. Yeah. And, but then of, of course it, it really helps, but then what really helps is also like uh, when you have a model and then you learn how to, to draw the shadows and how the light, and the light comes. Yeah, 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 of course. of the body. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you have favorite species of animals that you draw? Um, well, I like birds a lot and insects, but I think I have been drawing from everything. Hey, in, in the very first series of drawings that I did, I combined it with uh, humans. There were persons and animals and, and nature. It was, yeah, it was more like a kind of surreal stuff. But then I decided to simplify it like without humans. Maybe somebody could say that it's like a post-human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. human art. And I was also reading a lot of uh, Derrida and, and you, you know, he has this, uh, he's basing his philosophy on animals and he's also constantly asking about the question of the animals and all this team and how we treat them. And, and so it, it kind of got into me this background of I have to do something about it. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. And how do you combine that, that, that with sound also? I have also this series of small drawings that I did for a book. It was, I met a Spanish philosopher in my, when I was living in Spain. And uh, he loved my drawings so much and he was writing a book based on Derrida. And, and he asked me if I could make a, this base, bestiary for him. So I said, well, why not? Let's, let's do it. I, I don't know, we, we kind of like each other, like the, what we do. And he gave me a list, like, uh, um, you have to draw a goat that is going to be sacrificed and it's on this stone and then I, I will just mm. make them. I think I made like maybe 20, 24 drawings, I don't remember exactly. And then they went to the book. And then 
yeah, he wrote the book and, and uh, he won a prize in Chile and this uh, Fondo de Cultura Económica, which is the biggest uh, publishing company in, in Latin America, they published the book with the drawings. And uh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm, what are you doing at the moment? I have this, well, all the, these new works are, are, in ex, are being exhibited right now in, in Vita Kuben, which is a gallery from, in the opera in Umeå in Sweden. And I'm combining um, electronic components on paper, like that, that they are part of the composition, because I always did these drawings and sound like like I finished the drawing and then I would make the sound for it or the other way around. I had the sound and then I made the drawing for it. And then I was doing some sort of installations. And I thought like, hey, I would like to the drawing to sound like if you see it, like you can hear it. Um, I think I have nothing here to show you because everything is <laughs> it's in Sweden now. But um, until when is the exhibition? On 11th of June, it ends. But uh, I got the good news that it will be in Anantalo in autumn, so you nice. can see it. But anyway, when, when is it going to be in Anantalo? Um, it's, I'm not sure, but uh, it's part of, it's a Moon Galleria exhibition together with Anantalo. I think it's mm. September, something like that. There's a drawing and then I, I like, I was drawing some insects, uh, kind of fantastic insects, because in the body there's uh, speakers. So mm. I I, in, I was drawing and I made the holes on the paper for the speaker. So if you see the drawing, it's um, you see the only components you see are the speakers. Mm. And then on the back, I was uh, building this little circuit. So then you hang the piece on the wall like a normal drawing. But then there's a little cable, maybe going to the ceiling where the technology is hiding, and then and then the the, the drawing is playing the sound. Mm. And the thing is that um, the sound that I made is from the drawing because I have this uh, instrument that I, I build in Alto that uh, sonifies graphite because graphite is conductive. Yeah. So I instead of plugging an instrument to this to the circuit, I was plugging like two bars of graphite or two pencils. And then I at the moment you touch the paper and start drawing uh -huh. and connect two lines, then you, you hear the sound like wing, wing, wing. And then, of course, I was adding some effects to make it more rich. And uh, so I can record the actual moment of when I'm drawing. So you can really listen to the drawing. Oh, that's nice. And then I, I made uh, some tracks. I mean, I was editing and kind of making a composition, little composition. To, so you see the drawing and you hear it. And then there's some, like, I don't know, some combination. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing nowadays. Oh, I'm very happy to to hear that it will be in Anantawa, so that yeah, yeah. you can actually experience it also. Yeah, and I'm also preparing a new a new set of music. Yeah, really, I'm hooking up like three drum machines, synthesizers, and starting new like uh, noisy techno stuff. A lot of cables here behind us. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm doing also on this space, we, Marco and I are, we just founded the Anititan Sera, which would be in English, the Sound Art Society. And it's quite funny because... Isn't there already something like that? Not like that with that name. There's this, um, what's the name of... Anelumo. This, this uh -huh. uh, sound of charm. I mean, the, there's... 
there's not many I mean there, I think there's only them and, and uh, our new newly founded but still sound art is quite marginal in Helsinki I mean in, we have been talking that in other like in in Berlin like people queue to see sound art there's a lot of public for gallery like to go to galleries and a lot of audience and here like you you do something with sound art and you have maybe 10 people in a concert and it's like mm. <laughs> it's a bit like um, depressing so we decided like we have to do something oh, there you go you have to develop the field now yeah yeah and uh, so we are planning to have some events some concerts and uh, we got funding from Helsinki in Kaupunki nice. to do a little festival so that will also come in autumn in in September or later maybe um, maybe August September that's still like nice weather <laughs> yeah when people still go out yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so have to follow to see uh, how things go with that do you have some other main themes in your work main what it theme. is kind of about well i i like a lot to work with the theme of death <laughs> because death is also something beautiful it's also this cliche that we have in mexico you know the day of the dead mm. but i don't know for me it's also there's some beauty in in death that I don't know the, the the energy we have in the body it leaves the body and it goes to the universe I mean somewhere it, it goes somewhere who knows where to a distant galaxy or whatever so I, I have this kind of spiritual thinking and connection when I'm drawing and although I don't really mention this kind of theme when I like when I have an exhibition or anything but it's always in the back of my works and I was recently working with the uh, I, I, superorganisms. Like I discovered this term um, somehow that uh, you know you have uh, several um, individuals that uh, they and they when they work together they make a community and 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 they they kind of unify and and make a single piece out of it and then. So that's what I'm doing with my drawings, that uh, I have several drawings with spe speakers. Let's say in this exhibition, I have, I have seven drawings mm -hmm. and uh, they, they are like individuals, but they are also a community. Then when you enter the room, then you hear all of them like playing in unison. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So I had this, I, don't, I still have this theme in the back of my mind, like uh, super organisms. And I was also curating that exhibition. Uh, an exhibition, like a series of exhibitions that in, in Sweden. So I was invited to curate it and to exhibit. So I, I invited two artists and then myself as the third one. And I used the theme, the same theme to, to curate the exhibition. And it was a standard series of exhibitions, yeah. Why don't you mention the death in the works usually as a well, because sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. I mean, sometimes I really, I, I make like, uh, I throw a lot of bones or dead animals. Yeah, well, that's pretty and that's, obvious then. Yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, maybe not dead, but kind of pretending to be dead or like, yeah. or one killing another one or one eating the other one. Like, it's also a very human I, behavior. I, I think that's like, a very yeah. interesting, like to, to have this, kind of talk about the death because here I, I feel like it's a little bit of a taboo subject that it's not really usually talked about. Mm. I don't know, there was this death cafe once I went to. 
In Helsinki? In Helsinki, yeah, and that was the only time that that has been really mentioned. <laughs> and it was organized by by somebody not from Finland. So it's it's not a place, it was somebody organized? Or... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's this concept of death cafe. It's, I think it's kind of mm-hmm. around the world thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just a gathering of people who talk about death. Okay. They gather, have coffee and... and Do they bring stuff to see you? <laughs> Do they bring no. some bones? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think... I mean, at least that one time that I went, they didn't bring anything. Mm. But um, I, I have heard that there is somebody in Bulgaria organizing that cafe as well. It is just, uh, I, I guess, if for somebody who has just been through some loss, mm. it could be very therapeutic to talk about it. Mm. Or just generally philosophize about death. Mm. Yeah. Because it's just, it's inevitable and people are just usually turning yeah. kind of to the, uh, pretending that it's not going to happen. There's a drawing that I made some years ago and it's that one that on your left. Which I'm going to take some that, footage of probably. That's, that's really like uh, symbolizing the beauty coming out of the corpse in the form of, bir- in the, form of the birds. Just like beauty and energy just flowing out and the body is, you know, like starting to rot or kind of open and then you get all this beautiful energy that has to go somewhere, find a new place. It's gruesome in the same time, not the, not the drawing, but like the the, the process of mm. dissolving, but in every, I guess in something that's very gruesome, there's something very beautiful at the same time, mm. somehow. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, when I did all this, I have never experienced like death in any way. Like, okay, maybe my cat only. <laughs> like, when, I was, when I was 15, I had this uh, dear cat that she would like sleep on me, like mm. on my belly, and, and I wouldn't stand from the bed until she would like leave. She gave birth in between my legs. <laughs> That's very symbolic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she was also sleeping in between my legs under the 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 blanket the blanket yeah and then i don't know some 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 like some some day in like early is it early morning if it's 3 a.m or 2 and i start hearing and i'm like and then i see a little cat oh you didn't know that she's gonna well she she was we knew that she was pregnant but i didn't know it was that night and in between my legs (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness yeah yeah. i and then i was just called my mother, like, hey, my, my cat is just giving birth now. And we waited until she, she had four kittens. <laughs> and then and then we already had a, a cardboard box in the laundry room prepared for her and everything. So we moved them all there. And she would just bring them again to my room, to the bed. <laughs> I think that's the first animal where I really had a good connection. Like, yeah. like yeah, so, I don't know, it's quite symbolic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> and this cat was... Um, kidnapped once <laughs> so that was super weird she was always so like lovely and she would go with people always always and I guess that's what somebody thought like okay that's she came with me so I take it we didn't see anything but after she disappeared and then she came back three days afterwards with the with the neck a bit like tight so somebody had her like on a leash maybe I don't know how she escaped and maybe they thought she was a stray and then just oh, I'm gonna adopt you 
Wow. Yeah, who knows? But yeah. And uh, but from your point of view, it was kidnapping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, it was kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, she wasn't really trusting strangers anymore. Uh, oh, but wow. then, but of course, with me, we always yeah. And and then, of course, my, my the saddest part was the I had a neighbor in my hometown that uh, they would hate cats because they didn't like the cats to go through the, to the garden and do their things. Mm. And he would use, he would put like uh, bear traps and um, poison. No. He, and he killed okay. several cats like that. And uh, once my cat like comes in like super weird, like sp it's spitting this saliva and, and uh, went to hide and she died. And I was like, oh, like, then we knew of course that it wasn't able. Mm. So after that, my mother <laughs> decided to build a wall, like like tall wall, so we couldn't see the neighbor there, like because we didn't have a real like fence, yeah, yeah, so a real fence like like that. So she just decided to raise the fence, and then that's it. No more killings from us, like mm. like they wouldn't. Oof. So the yeah, and my mother was also saving several cats from being. One was trapped in the bear trap, and she she heard and. Stuff like that. So that and that was my my only yeah experience with death, and then until recently, yeah, like yeah. So I know that you have worked with other artists before, like with Laura. Mm -hmm. You had uh, uh, duo performances. Mm -hmm. um, have you had other collaborations like that? Yeah, I was also playing with Juan Duarte, I think. You I have might have met him maybe right. in the media lab, but mm. I, I can't really say that I know him. When when I started with uh, drawing and sound at the same time, and and uh, he would help me with the visuals, and we, we would like play to because we, we were friends, like uh, we're friends, and we were making music together sometimes, and we thought like, hey, let's just do a project together, and. Um, he was the tech guy, the media lab guy, and I was just drawing with the sound. And then he would like have a webcam. We had a projection, and then he, with his camera, he was taking all this info through. I think it was pure data, mm. and he was uh, doing some analyzing the movements of my hands, and then making sound out of it, and making also some um, digital visuals. Like so, we combined my drawing with the with those visuals. And yeah, we we performed uh, quite a lot together. When when we started Third Space, the gallery, um, which you are kind kind of like a founder of. Yeah, yeah. When we started the the space, and and then it was uh, with Juan that, that we thought like, hey, why don't we play at, at at the space that we have now? Let's organize this kind of sound night. And then we we invited a, a couple of artists, and then we had a full house. Like uh, I don't know if you were here by then. Uh, I think I came once to your performance there in, in the third space, mm -hmm. but because I I have never been into sound, mm. I guess I haven't yeah. seen that much of it. Okay, yeah, that when we we were the first ones like uh, starting with this sound room. So yeah, there was a lot of people that came, mainly I guess from Alto. So a lot of people there, like for the concerts and having fun. And then, I, I, and then it was when, with Juan that we played 
I think then we didn't we I didn't play the the graphite circuits yet. Um, but it was so much fun and then I thought like hey why don't we just organize this every month? And that's how Soundroom was born. Yeah, I think actually at that performance I have seen this baby head. Yeah, yeah, I had it. I had it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking, yeah, yeah. I, I have seen it somewhere yeah. for sure. <laughs> that, that's what it was. Everywhere. <laughs> and um, so every month we will organize uh, at least two concerts. There was like times where we had like uh, in a weekend we had like four. So two on Friday or two on Saturday or, or Saturday, Sunday and every week. So we started inviting and then everybody would like, uh, or many artists would write like, hey, could I perform and can I perform? And then, then it became quite a thing. Yeah, yeah. and it, it lasted for quite a few years. It's 2021, I would say. And when did, when did you start? Which year was it? December 2013. It was really the very first activity of Third Space. Yeah, eight years. Yeah, but then of course when Corona came, it was a bit complicated to keep organizing mm. stuff because you know the space was quite small that uh, you can fit maybe two people with a security distance. So yeah, we yeah. had to. We thought of giving up the space and starting maybe something new or see what the future brings. Well, now you are starting something new. So. Yeah, yeah, now there's <laughs> something new here. Yeah. So you you kind of create community there with that. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. And uh, um, I heard a lot of like people will always love to go and and uh, recently I, I have met people that they told me, hey, we miss the sound room and there's not a lot of events and other galleries are starting like uh, uh, charging even for small events. So that's quite sad. I mean, you cannot even uh, ask mm. for a place to perform for free. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of grants, but still, I, yeah, I but there's not. I mean, there's can't more, really count on no, that. No, no, there's yeah. more people than grants. So, and, and with the current government, who knows what we will have then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's keep fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. And how else do you sustain your practice otherwise? Then, like you mentioned, you have these commissions. Uh, grants. Grants, <laughs> grants, yeah. Grants and um, some exhibitions that. Pay, get from where I get paid. I also I have sold drawings. Mm. Uh, I have sold also drawings in auctions in Bukowski's and yeah and um, concerts, playing concerts, also. Yeah. But I would like to play more in clubs because that's where people really are not afraid to dance. But if you play in a sound art event, people are a bit like shy. Yeah, mm. so that's that's what I'm trying to do now, like um, play for bigger audiences and like not only artistic, like sound art or like gallery. It's like I just want it like to be in, in clubs. Yeah. And Have you approached any clubs to say, hey, can I, you know, uh, I'm into that because I'm I'm releasing a, a record and I, I want to have the material like I'm just preparing that music and I want to have the material to say, hey, yeah, uh, this yeah. is what I do. So. Can I play? <laughs> yeah, but I, I have been invited to play in many, many, like not many clubs with festivals and stuff like that. So, well, good luck with that. I hope that they, I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, I mean, be open I, to yeah. something new. Yeah, you, you asked me that. I, I have been collaborating with um, 
Juan Duarte to have this. We made this music sound like sound uh, throwing mm. uh, stuff and and then performance and then I, I was performing with Laura Dimova and ah, that was fun. We are still like we will soon go back to that to, to plan some new stuff. And I'm also starting this uh, new collaboration with a friend that lives in Oulu. We are called Nokos and Nistevat. Nokos and what was that? Nokkonen, you know, Nokkonen is this nettle plant. Ah, the nettle, yeah. Yeah, because, it, <laughs> because, you know, every time, like now that spring comes, I have a lot of this allergy. And uh, uh, we, we, we talk a lot, like, uh, we send messages and photos and, and stuff. And, and sounds and then and then I told him that I was having a hard time at the beginning on, on this spring and then he said like yeah I was also allergic but now it's it's I don't know it's some it's gone and then like maybe five days later he tells me you know what it's not gone I'm starting to have these symptoms and then we had this plan already to 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 to, to do something together and then I told him hey did you know that uh, nettle plant helps you to relieve um, the allergy symptoms, I, I read it somewhere and I was, because I don't it's take... It's very healthy to eat nettle, mm. yeah. I don't take any, any like, pills or anything, like, I don't inject anything. Like, I, I did it many years ago when I was younger, I had a lot of allergies, and in Mexico I, I, I could get this kind of vaccination mm. uh, every week. And every week? Yeah. So I took it for several years and then I, I just left Mexico and left it and my allergies disappeared. And, <laughs> and then, so I was talking to him, I, I, I read that uh, if you make it like a tea or you take some pills, maybe you buy them somewhere. And, but then I said, like, just uh, go and collect some nettle and then dry it and make a tea. And then it really helps because it was helping me. Like, I would have it like maybe three, four times a day. And I, I mm. really, before going out, because I cycle from home to here. So I had my tea and then I was cycling. How long is the cycle? 24 minutes. Ah, not, that's not long, that much. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then I will arrive and I had another tea and that's it, like a bit of sneezing and but that was okay. So, so I told him and then like, hey, what about we are the Nokos and Istavat? <laughs> so that's, uh, that's our name. And we, he just sent me some sounds and I have to, now it's my turn to yeah. return them. Yeah. That must be fun to do yeah 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 but the nettle thing uh i i don't know i mean is it like a custom to to eat it just because i know in bulgaria my, my grandmothers would make soup out of it mm. or just have it like with rice and nettle mm. yeah. and it's it was, it's a very common mm. thing to eat i never uh ate it i mean i haven't eaten it before i mean in mexico i the only time that i like had an encounter with this plant is um uh, I was in, in the mountains with uh, some um, indigenous tribe and they would say like, you know, this plant, don't touch it because <laughs> if you touch it, you will get like a, a rash or something. And they call it uh, Mala Mujer, which translates like bad woman. <laughs> oh my so, God. <laughs> I know it's, I mean, now if back then I, it wasn't really bothering me, but of course, yeah, yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, so I never ate it and I didn't even know that it could be eaten or even you can dry it and make it tea or you can make like protein powder and like wow, it's, you can really make a lot of things and there's a lot of nettle here, so yeah, yeah, it's really like a superfood. Almost. 
yeah, my, uh, my grandma would uh, sometimes pick the nettle and, and then fry it with uh, eggs or something. Mm -hmm. Just like mm -hmm. the pieces of nettle, like you would fry a meatball, mm -hmm. but just the nettle. Mm -hmm. Was it tasty? It was very tasty. Yeah. I you... mean, whatever you fry, it's yeah. always going to be very tasty. <laughs> whatever you put fat on it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fry my drawings. <laughs> I imagine it a bit like, like spinach. A little bit, yeah. Maybe taste. I mean, the nothing. taste is a little different, but yeah, mm. somewhat. Anyway, mm. yeah, nettle. But I guess to make soup, you need like a lot of nettle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it tends to shrink mm. anyway going back to the yeah. art um do you have any specific routines of how you work like in in your process mm. when i draw i listen a lot of music and that's kind of a lot of inspiration for me so i will one of my routines will be like uh, to play music and and then i i don't know it really makes me it's kind of meditation drawing and listening to music because you know, drawing it's super technical. Like I can, I have the idea, I know what I want, and then I'm just drawing. But then it really makes me like I don't know, like really to have all senses, maybe mm. like busy doing something. I like to have the studio very clean, and like really arranged, because then it I don't know, then it's easier to work. And sometimes I also like check books. Like before that, I just like take books and see them. Or, well, nowadays my, I have to stick a bit to a routine of really working in the mornings and then four o'clock picking up my son from kindergarten. Yeah, you're now a mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that, that also makes me a bit more efficient with my time because, you know, before I would just maybe, let's say, procrastinate or <laughs> get a lot of inspiration, like really taking my time. Yeah. But now it's really like, okay, focus and do this and do that. And yeah, it's, it's also good. I mean, I like it to have a bit of like video, we call it like a little life, like, hey, just like wake up and mm. do it. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I mean, being an artist and a mother at the same time, it's a bit problematic, maybe, for the majority of the world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah combining these two together is... Mostly at the beginning when the kids are quite young, because then that's when they need, mostly need the mother. But luckily we have something called kindergarten. I don't know how good it is, <laughs> but uh, we were lucky that uh, our son was with us until he was four. So he had a good basis and I was also taking him to sound checks and to concerts. He hasn't still been there with me because concerts are usually quite late. Mm. And um, How old is he now? Four. Ah, no, it's four. And he would, he would go to bed at seven. So, and before seven, you need to give him some like uh, relaxing time so he's not overexcited. I have been rehearsing and he has been playing here with me, like, well, himself. Like, he, I give him some toys or, or some paper to draw and then I'm playing. And yeah. Then, yeah. That I can do. And I guess soon I will be able to draw if he's, if he's around because now he's, he doesn't need me so much that, uh, like, uh, Mm. Yeah. Has he been interested in the in the instruments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a lot. lot of, yeah. yeah, he says that he wants to build his own instruments, and the father is building even more complicated stuff. So he's oh, he's just inevitable. He, yeah, he yeah, just yeah, has to yeah. do it. Yeah, he he's he's like he's telling me that he wants to build his own instruments, and and uh, then now he's learning a bit of, of 
like he's really into volcanoes and the universe and I think he has a good like basis because he's now into this kind of astro astro astronomy and physics as well and so I guess soon he will maybe build something for me yeah but it, it, it is interesting to, it is interesting to me uh, how how this uh, I don't I don't think I have somebody around me that is an artist and mother at the same time so it's yeah how how it is possible to, to combine it and and you know I, I just um, started really combining them now that he's going to to kindergarten because mm. I took this three year well now for like four year like um, it's officially a three year maternity leave I have been playing concerts in that time because it's easier and um, but drawing I didn't do it so much before unless like small things like for a cover of a book. Mm. stuff like that that I can finish in two hours or like he goes to sleep and then I draw that was my routine before like he I put him to sleep and then I just make music during the night and uh, but now yeah so I, I just this year I really started like okay go back to work like really concentrate and so officially like I have my kind of office hours from 10 to 4 well 10 to 3 to say so <laughs> And you've been pretty active um, in exhibition mm -hmm. in Sweden, performances. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and last also last autumn I started with playing a lot of concerts again. So that's really like oh, fantastic. It feels good. Yeah. Uh, so do you visit exhibitions nowadays? That you mm, have more time? Yeah, I have done it with uh, my son. We he loves it, so I mostly take him to see art. Not not because I I want to. I I, I had a bit of troubles like years back because I wouldn't find anything that inspired me in these exhibitions. I would like go to museums and see things like, what is this doing here? <laughs> I mean, what is this? <laughs> so I was very disappointed. So I decided, okay, I, if it's, it's going to be like this, I just don't want to see anything. And, and then I became a mother and, and, and so my focus was in something else. And but then I, I don't know, I just started visiting exhibitions again and I discovered that he likes it a lot and it's also, I don't know, it's also sometimes you see good and refreshing stuff, especially in Emma. Mm. I, I don't know, I think that has been our favorite spot. I, yeah, sometimes I go to some galleries when I know that I know the, the artist or I have seen some like, ah, oh, that looks amazing, so I have to go, mm. yeah. Have you ever been in a creative block? What's a creative block? <laughs> like, well, I mean, if you ask me, maybe you haven't. But <laughs> like when you just feel blocked and you can't ah, do your a thing. creative block. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Actually, it happened to me before becoming a mother. I thought like, I just need a break. I think I, I don't know. My break started like I, I really so had a good break. timing yeah. then. For yeah, you. It, was, it was a good timing. It wasn't really planned to go like that. But like, yeah. And, yeah. And that was nice because then I just wasn't forced to do any art. I didn't, I mean, because at some point it's, I mean, nowadays art can also become really like, you are just uh, forced to produce and produce mm. and produce so you can uh, earn a living. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, as artist, I mean, at least I, I just cannot produce something new every day or like, or every year, like I have a project and I like to continue it for several years or, or like to kind of take a further step. 
And I mean, it's really one cannot shit art, or there may be some people that does it, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> not. I'm I'm not that kind of person, and <laughs> and also not every day you're in the mood for mm. making a masterpiece or like I don't know. There's do you actually know when you're making a masterpiece? No, no, no. <laughs> Normally I start drawing and then I finish the piece and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't like it. I cannot see it. Then I just put it somewhere. And then then I have this process of accepting it. And, and some I like at the beginning, that usually it's like, no, no, I don't like it. It's like, I, can, I cannot see it. And, mm. But then at the end it's like, wow, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the way you went out of that creative block was just a bit more natural there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just uh, focusing on life and like just uh, maybe simple things of life, just enjoying a peaceful moment or going for walks or hmm. just like that. Or you know, smelling a newborn is like, wow, <laughs> the best smell I, I know. <laughs> it, uh, only, only parents know it because it's like hormones. So it's like, mm. oh. It must be. Yeah, and also like, I mean, I think it's quite normal to have it sometimes in mm. these blocks. I, I, I thought you were saying like, have you had a, or have you been a creative, you, did you say, have you been in a creative block? And I'm like, is it like a block of creatives, like a block of a building? Am I missing something? <laughs> Maybe I mean, yeah, here, you know, here they have in Finland the Taitelia Talo thing, yeah, which yeah. is literally a block of creation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought like, hey, am I missing, did I miss something these four years? <laughs> ah, no, no. But that's an interesting take on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I'm just curious because I'm asking most people how, how to get mm. out of that. Not that I am in it, but I have been in it. Mm. So, yeah, it's good to mm. take mm. different opinions. Yeah. And I think I, I mean, I think there's a moment they have, I have periods where I always think like, I should do something different. Like, I don't know, maybe something that uh, it's easier to do, like more mechanic, not like art that requires a lot of inspiration and a certain mindset. I mean, maybe working, I don't know, like mechanical work, like, uh, I don't know, delivering the post and then just earning some money. Like that's also an option, but so, so I have had this, this, Mm. Uh, thoughts also like what if I do this or what if I do that and I and recently I have done my efforts of like what if I got more like in the art field but then at the end uh, I'm like no, no I just cannot be in an office <laughs> I mean I'm in my own office kind of but uh, I think I but it's your own <laughs> yeah yeah and I just do as I please so yeah. but if you deliver the post you're not in an office you're just yeah outside doing physical exercise yeah, yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah yeah, but it would be also nice to have this kind of income or just like living it's a time. Yeah, so you don't have to stress every month about mm. it. And also like I would say like being a being a mother, you can only do one kind of work to combine with family. Because mm. I mean I wouldn't like to work the whole day and then I don't see my son. Yeah. Then like Half time here, half time there. That's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you have a job, job, there's like yeah, the job, yeah. the sun, the art. It's... Yeah, and then art. There's no room for art anymore. Maybe let's talk a bit about the studio. Uh, mm -hmm. You said that this is a new space you're in. Mm -hmm. You recently came here. How big is the space? 
Only my studio or the whole complex? Well, uh, let's start with your room. Uh, I think this might be, a, I used to know it, but might be around 21, in between 21, 24 square meters, something like that. Mm. And it, I don't know, for me it seems big, like huge. I don't know, it feels it's just the right space. Yeah. And also because, I mean, ceiling is not quite low. I mean, it has these parts, but uh, I don't know, I, I find it inspiring. Yeah, yeah. And I think when when I moved here, the, the rooms had a good energy, so... And then you're sharing, kind of sharing yeah. the space. Yeah, we had the cent like the kitchen in the center and then at the entrance there's Marco's studio and then we will divide it because officially this would be five rooms. But, but when there's like a, a wall missing, of course, it's only three. Because in, mm. in, the, in the, the room where you get in, there's two rooms, but there's no wall. Mm -hmm. So that we want to divide that and uh, that will be the space we will use for sound art events. Yeah, like a sound gallery. Yeah, kind of not really a gallery because who knows, but we start with concerts and uh, gatherings and events like uh, mm. everything related to sound and at the beginning, maybe not exhibitions. So sound is more prevalent in your mind than the visuals at this point? Um, well, if I'm doing drawing, of course, it's equally, mm. but then, yeah. But yeah, I mean, in my practice, I guess nowadays it's maybe 70% sound. You said that you shared the studio before, but I mean, you share kind of now also, but mm. yeah. yeah. Would you share a room with somebody else? Uh, well, I have done it at the, in Alto at the end, but I mean, it's not ideal because mm. then if you work with sound, then you can bother the other person or you have to take turns and yeah. inspiration doesn't take turns. I like to keep it for myself. I cannot share it. And then, because what if I just want to be noisy or that day I'm not in the mood? And sometimes when I, I don't have a good day in the morning, I just come to the studio and turn on the volume and make music. And then like, whew, like how this energy comes out and I feel better. Mm. So if I share it, then Shall I put my headphones? <laughs> I guess, no yeah. Way, no, no, I but it's not it. the same, of course. Mm. Yeah. Is it okay with the neighbors here or is it well insulated? Well, this, it's well isolated. Like, at least this room, I, I have the yard and I think there's a barasto on the other side and on this side. I mean, I don't play at night very loud. I usually play loud in the mornings. And, but they say, like, it's... I mean, uh, Marco and the gallery, they hear the bass. Mm -hmm. but like only the bass, not the rest. And we have these uh, soundproof doors. Well, not me, but uh, no. to the other studio, there's like the, the rest are like soundproof. Do you store all your art here? I mean, drawings are pretty easy to store. Yeah, 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 I have it. I have them here. I have one big piece at home, like uh, it's, it's hanging in our kitchen and it looks amazing. <laughs> um, I have sold many of my stuff, so, and I have just few like little drawings here. And um, what is the favorite element of the studio for you? Uh, well, I love my drawing table <laughs> because it, I mean, all is the first time I have a drawing table. Uh, when I started the bachelor's degree, of course, I had this. Uh, at the beginning, we start all together: architecture, art, and design. And, and uh, in Mexico, we had this. Uh, I had to make this um, design. You know, like planes. Architecture is it called planes? No. How do you call that? 
this technical drawing stuff. I yeah, had, yeah. I had a table to do that, but I didn't. I think I back then I didn't really have my style developed like now. So mm -hmm. I, I I would like draw for my lessons, uh, learning, but not really art pieces. Mm -hmm. I was always drawing on the floor and then just started working in bigger formats and then I would just glue the paper on the wall and that's how I would draw. And then of course I discovered that I could have an easel and, <laughs> and I had an easel and then now it's a table, it's like wow, it's the comfiest. I like my whole studio, like like the drawing table, I had the, I have never had it so neat like, like mm. now, like really specific, I always had to move my stuff like from the table to draw. Yeah. And now I just sit here, sit there. Can you share some of your places of inspiration? What is working place. for you <clears throat> to inspire you? I mean, we, and this could be like a physical places around mm. or, or a book um, or a movie or something like that. Well, music for me is, like, it's, I would say, my main source of inspiration. And, and also cycling, because cycling, I don't know, it helps me to... I know that you get some adrenaline, but it also helps me to clear my head. And and if I'm like, I don't know, mad or sad or something, I just take my bike and shit, off I go somewhere. And then I, I, I can really just like faster, like cycle as fast as I can. I have also this racing bike, so I just cycle, cycle, cycle. And then oh, I feel much better. And it's also inspiration. And, usually have uh, books with animals, any kind of, it doesn't matter the language. Um, I have this one with a lot of insects that I was also using for my drawings, like to get some uh, uh, idea of dimensions and bodies. I get inspiration from this kind of altars, like I make myself this kind of, um, you know, objects that uh, make me feel in peace, like uh, maybe that also fits to the ritual. If I have any rituals, but I, I always like to have like these little elements in my studio. Like I have these candles like here that I oh, yeah. turn on when I play. <laughs> and then I have this um, um, on this little window there on the front. I have these horns and <laughs> Hanuman and teeth of cows. Before I was living in, in Sipo and uh, my neighbor has a... Um, a little stable with 24 cows and I would go and and just talk to her she's a she's a Swedish speaking Finn so she's friendlier than usual and uh, I learned Finnish with her because she would speak it slowly because she's, she speaks Swedish and and I would just go and hang out with her while, while she was like milking the cows <laughs> and then they knew that I draw and I love animals and and sometimes there's accidents where the cows, like, they just really want to eat their food when they are indoors. And the machine where they, they used to to kind of cut, they have these rolls of heina. What is heina? Of this thing that the cows eat. The Some straw? Well, this yellow thing. Straw? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the word in English. And, and so this big okay. machine, it's like just... Um, um, breaking this big roll and spreading uh -huh. it to her, and they will just get so crazy and some, some, sometimes it happens that the, the horn gets trapped in the machine Oy. and crack, it cracks so they miss a horn. The young ones, they get a new one, but I think 
and so I, I got horns and they also lose their teeth like we do. Mm. And I was, so they grow their horns back? Uh, but I, I guess maybe just the small ones. Or if it's, uh -huh. Maybe I'm lying. I, <laughs> I shouldn't say maybe this. I no, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> because I know they have an outer shell yeah. and the inner horn. So if they, if they only miss the outer shell, then it kind of grows again. But maybe if they miss it from like the very inside part, then that's uh -huh. it. I always collect this kind of also, I would collect dead animals, mm. but mostly insects. And I have also chicken legs and I was playing drums with a um, goat leg also <laughs> that I got in Mexico. And yeah, so here I have some horns and teeth and deer horn. And so I, these objects also help me to, mm. to set the, let's say the environment of my studio. And maybe lastly, uh, what would be some artists that you have been inspired by or that you like? Arturo Rivera, he has this very realistic way of drawing, but combining with medicine. Because I think he studied medicine, so he would also like uh, paint uh, amazing bodies with uh, some kind of mystic and obscure surroundings. And yeah, he's, he's so talented. Arturo Rivera has been like one of my main inspirations also when I was younger, like into arts. Mm. There's uh, Marta Pacheco, she's also Mexican. From her I don't have, I don't know if she's still alive. Um, but she will do even more obscure, like more... Uh, they also work a bit with this team and I don't know if it's because, I mean, cliche thing, if we are all Mexicans, but, uh, <laughs> but we have this relation also, they had it also like with the death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't read about what, well, maybe from Arturo Rivera, I read it some, sometime, uh, but not from her. But uh, yeah, I mean, you see it in their works. How in Spanish would be El Bosco, Bosch, Bo Jeronimos. Jeronimos Bosch. Wow. Yeah. yeah he's like huh? one of my maybe top 10. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's amazing also to see his paintings live. Like, I don't, I don't think I have seen his paintings. Mm. In, in Spain, they have this, mm. I have seen, in, I think in Barcelona, in Madrid, they have. Mm. If you ever go there. I have been to Barcelona, but... Well, and also, maybe they change, of course. Yeah. I mean, last time I was mm. in Barcelona, they had Turner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also these uh, beautiful buildings from Gaudi, like beautiful mm. architecture, it's like, wow. I have that dream of having my own house really with round shapes, not, I don't have any squares. I mean, in our family, we have decided that we want to have like our own place with round windows and maybe this kind of doors. And mm. Where would you have a house? Well, um, currently we think in a warmer weather, kind of southern. But there's more sun there. Yeah, but I mean, as long as there's shade and I can be in a cool, like if it's in a, under the shade, in a nicely built house, like like a house that is prepared for for winter and for mm. for the hot weather, because you know the problem in 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 my hometown is like they they are not used to the cold. Many many years ago there was also snow, and sometimes now because of I guess the climate change, uh, there has been like a lot of snow like during Christmas twice, like and then it's gone. I mean, it's, it's snow like from 
one day or two and then that's it. Mm. But then the houses are not prepared for the snow, so like oh, you really freeze. I mean, you're indoors and it's um, here you're indoors and you, ha- you can have like 20 degrees, 24, but then you're indoors and you have 10 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't know how it's in Bulgaria, but it's like, woohoo! Like, I mean, of course, you need a heater of some sort. Yeah. Even with the heat, I mean, you have a heating. Like, like, I mean, we don't have the the heating system like like in Finland and in Mexico. No, the central. And, yeah, yeah, and, and and then of course you have this electric heater or this has gas heater, but it's never like you cannot heat. Well, the like air conditioner, you could do it. Ah, but it's a bit like. Uh, better to have a house prepared for that, for that, like properly isolated and, you know, with materials like um, mm. barro, like this kind of clay and mm. Mm. double-sided windows. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's something in Bulgaria, for example, I mean, there is a, or there was a proper winter before, nowadays mm. not so much, but, um, but the windows are still single, single glazed windows, like just one mm. window. Yeah, so much so much cold comes from yeah. that, and you lose a lot of heat. Yeah, yeah. But I just um, thought that also inspiration is like forest, nature, just mm. taking walks and mm. uh, visiting new places. Well, thank you, Anna, so much for for letting me here today. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. You are very welcome to Katayanoka. <laughs> that we didn't say before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, where the studio is located. Yeah. In Katayanoka in Helsinki. So. Yeah, but uh, I guess, of course, when you start doing events, mm-hmm. it will become pretty clear yeah. pretty soon. <laughs>